Now, by the magic of radio, we're going to span the breadth of the United States and take you right up to the bedside of Jimmy in one of America's great cities, Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, into one of America's great hospitals, the Children's Hospital in Boston, whose staff is doing such an outstanding job of cancer research for the cause of not only Boston children, but children in every city in the world. Up to now, Jimmy has not heard us. And now we tune in a speaker in his room in the hospital. Hi there, my name is Monty Rossetti, and welcome to the Jimmy Fun Podcast. We're here today with Dr. Stephen Salin, Chief of Staff Emeritus at Dana-Farber, and one of the world's foremost experts on childhood leukemia. Dr. Salin is a senior leader with the Dana-Farber and Jimmy Fund community, celebrating 50 years at the Institute in July of 2023. His research on leukemia forms the core of clinical programs used by institutions worldwide, and he has been a pioneer in extending leukemia treatments to young adults with that disease. Before we jump into our interview, let me first go over a bit more about the Jimmy Fund and Dana-Farber. The Jimmy Fund started with a boy who loved baseball. The boy, dubbed Jimmy, was a 12-year-old from New England with lymphoma. In 1948, he appeared on a national radio program, broadcasted from his hospital room. He was joined by members of his favorite baseball team, the Boston Braves. Jimmy had just one wish, a TV, so he could watch his favorite team play. Listeners donated what they could and together ended up raising hundreds of thousands of dollars. With this support, the Jimmy Fund was born. Its mission, to support cancer patients at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, just like Jimmy. Today, 75 years later, the Jimmy Fund community has grown to millions of supporters who are changing how the whole world treats cancer for adults and children. And now, here is my interview with Dr. Steven Salen. Hi, Dr. Salen. It's such a pleasure to meet you, and I'm just excited to get this interview started. So here's my first question. So you've been at Dana-Farber for 50 years, which is quite a milestone, and you've had a long career in oncology and have been a part of game-changing breakthroughs in cancer research and care. I read that you, alongside Dr. Emil Fry III, were behind the first in an ongoing series of clinical trials for children diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia also known as ALL, back in 1974, which would have been right around the time that you started at Dana-Farber. The, the early work, uh, especially uh, with Dr. Fry and in our childhood leukemia uh, protocols, was, um, was it's very exciting. We had a sense that we were sort of on the beginning of something big. This had been a disease that was uniformly fatal, really, from from uh, when Dr. Farber first was able to treat somebody 75 years ago. Nobody was really cured until the early 60s. And by the time we're talking about in the early 70s, we knew that we had the tools to go forward. And it was pretty much a one foot in front of the other kind of process over decades. And it entailed better treatments, better supportive care and learning how to use our tools. Uh, there was really no magic. The cures that went from 0% to 90% were almost entirely without new drugs after the mid 60s, which is pretty remarkable when you think of it. Everything around our, our clinical protocols really changed. So our treatments went almost exclusively 
from in the hospital to in the clinics. Emotionally and psychologically, the whole world changed as well. I mean, when I started, the diagnosis was kept from the children. The parents knew what was wrong with the child, and the child allegedly didn't know what was wrong with him or her. Of course, they all knew something serious was going on, and it was frightening how the children would protect the parents and the parents would protect the children. And uh, early on, the field started to change. We started to become truth tellers and we shared humanely tempered truth. And the relationships just grew stronger and stronger because we had uh, the mutual trust of the parents and the child and ourselves. And you, you sensed a, a very tight bond as you were going through this long. All these treatments are about two years uh, in duration, especially for the childhood leukemia, most, the most common ones. Um, so there's very tight relationships that are formed and you get to know these kids, you get to know their brothers, their sisters, their dogs and cats by name. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a remarkable place and it's, it's really been remarkable to see. I mean, I've seen thousands of children at this point and uh, it just gets better and better. That's amazing to see the impact that you've had with, you know, so many people throughout the years. Um, but what do you see as the next frontier in treating children with cancer? What we have today that gives me great hope for the future is, uh, is a whole quiver full of new arrows of technology-driven new treatments. Immunotherapies are very important. We have our ability through genetics to recognize new targets on the children's tumor cells and to be able to specifically go after those and to kill tumor and not normal cells. So the likelihood is that uh, with the help of technology, we will cure today's incurable children and at the same time diminish the toxicity of treatment. That sounds amazing. That sounds like a brighter future, which is obviously great news, and, and hopefully we can achieve that soon. Uh, but the Jimmy Fund here is also celebrating a milestone anniversary this year. It's been 75 years since that radio broadcast we played at the beginning of this episode in Jimmy's hospital. Philanthropy has always played a huge role in the story of Dana-Farber. Uh, you've said before that philanthropic dollars fund the spark of discovery. So can you share an example of a meaningful breakthrough in cancer research that was sparked by philanthropy? There clearly are many. Philanthropy uh, has has been the first arrow in our quiver. The way, the way it works in cancer research is that the major funding comes from Uncle Sam in the form of research grants. Uncle Sam doesn't like to gamble. So when you write a research grant for the big bucks, Uncle Sam likes to know that he's going to win. This means you have to already have done a lot of work and shown that this is a winner. And all of the work that comes ahead of the big bucks has been funded by philanthropy. <laughs> this, uh, this is like a win-win situation. Those who donate to the cause recognize their impact and 
when we then successfully compete for the big grants which bring us home from these you know new discoveries uh clearly the children themselves win and uh, as does everyone else and it gets to be a cycle i mean when you're successful then people who know that they that they sparked some of this discovery are only too willing to go back and in and to uh to take you to the next step and unfortunately despite our successes there remain a lot of next steps well i just wanted to say thank you for for getting us to this step and all the amazing work you've done in the last 50 years uh but let's talk more about the jimmy fund because it's truly an extraordinary community uh, there's this idea that everyone who joins the Jimmy Fund mission, every patient, doctor, nurse, donor, and an event participant represents Jimmy, that we're all Jimmy. We're all part of the fight against cancer. Can you talk about what this community means to you? You know, we're a cancer institute. We we treat patients from newborns to, to 100. <laughs> and uh, we very much want the discoveries from any of our laboratories or clinical trials to be as broadly applicable as possible. And there's a lot of back and forth from the laboratories to the clinics and from adult investigators to childhood protocols, from childhood investigators to adult protocols. It's, uh, it's very important in moving the entire field. I just have a couple of last questions here for you. Uh, first off, do you have any favorite Jimmy Fun or fundraising moments, especially any examples of people, you know, coming together to support the Jimmy Fun? Lots. <laughs> uh, we have so many different activities where where we, the physicians and nurses, are interacting with the families and children and patients. Uh, I'm I'm a walker and been a Jimmy Fun walker for years and just walking the long trail and having patients stop you and reminding you who they are and you sometimes lose track of people who you treated, you know, a decade or so ago. I, when my kids were relatively young and I was allowing them to walk with me, we had we were at some rest stop and uh, somebody who I didn't recognize, big burly fireman he told me he was, had been my patient when he was about six or eight. And he looked at my two little kids and he said, your daddy saved my life. <laughs> my two kids who thought I was just, you know, clumsy dad with bad jokes, all of a sudden thought I was some kind of a hero. <laughs> my last question for you, as you celebrate 75 years of Dana-Farber and the Jimmy Fun. What do you see unfolding in the future? And what gives you hope for the future of cancer care? So one of the reasons that I'm still here after 50 years is that uh, I've recognized that this place is special. I've certainly had an opportunity to see cancer centers around the world and had opportunities to lead a couple of the very best in the country. But one of the things that's very special uh, at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is we attract the best cream of the crop uh, young physicians who want to do cancer medicine. They come from around the world. Frequently, there are ex-trainees, new young lieutenants, <laughs> who they want to get trained up and then come back home. And what you recognize is that when you have the Harvard Medical School and you have the world's young, best cancer-focused physicians coming into your system, that we learn from one another 
and that what's important to us in terms of how we deliver the care, that the personalized patient care and its link to the laboratory research remains integral to who we are. It's been amazing that there's a continuous stream of these individuals. It gives you such enormous hope for the future because year after year, just a crop of not only bright and well-trained physicians come to cancer medicine, but they're very caring, compassionate human beings. Dr. Steven Salen, Chief of Staff Emeritus at Dana-Farber and one of the world's foremost experts on childhood leukemia. Thank you so much for your time today. That's all the time we have on this episode of the Jimmy Fund Podcast. But if you would like to learn more, please tune into Unraveled, a Dana-Farber Cancer Institute podcast that explores the science of cancer and how doctors are harnessing the momentum of cancer research to transform cancer and provide hope for scientists and cancer patients alike. Available at Dana-Farber.org forward slash unraveled or wherever you get your podcasts.